Welcome to Poetry Says, I'm Alice. Today I wanted to share with you a poem that I came across a couple of weeks ago and that I haven't been able to stop thinking about since. Um, But before we get to the poem, I wanted to talk a little bit about my attitude to the news. I don't know if you're like me and you tend to avoid the news or if you're somebody that follows every development as it happens. But I was debating this with some people last night and one of them was saying, you know, what's the point of following the news? If there's a coup in Turkey, it has absolutely no bearing on my life. I don't need to be constantly bombarded with all this information. And then the other person I was chatting to said, well, isn't it part of being a responsible global citizen to know what's happening in the news? And I guess I'm kind of wedged uncomfortably between these two points of view. I do want to be a good global citizen, but I also find it difficult sometimes just the amount of um, really just shocking information that comes at you when you do engage with the news. And uh, this poem that I want to talk about today was written in response to the really deeply shocking um, shootings that happened in Orlando couple of weeks ago now and this was this is one of those pieces of news that kind of it came to me I I just noticed the front page of a newspaper and my stomach just sank I just thought oh god what's happened and uh, I just couldn't make sense of what I was hearing what I was reading no matter how much information I, I dug out I just couldn't give a shape to this thing that had happened Um, but then I read this poem and suddenly it all kind of came into focus I suppose so it's called All the Dead Boys Look Like Me and it's by a US poet called Christopher Soto who's also known as Loma Um, and I'm just going to read you the first maybe five or six lines I don't think I can do justice to the whole thing, but I will link to it from the website and I encourage you to read it. It's it's just incredible. So, all the dead boys look like me for Orlando. Last time I saw myself die is when police killed Jesse Hernandez, a 17-year-old brown queer who was sleeping in their car. Yesterday I saw myself die again. 50 times I died in Orlando. And I remember reading Dr. Jose Esteban Munoz before he passed. I was studying at NYU where he was teaching, where he wrote shit that made me feel like a brown queer survival was possible. But he didn't survive. And now on the dance floor, in the restroom, on the news, in my chest there are another 50 bodies that look like mine. So it goes from there. It's... It's just incredible that the editor of um, the site where this poem is published, um, it's called lithub.com, editor Adam Fitzgerald says, um, since Sunday I felt lost without wits to make sense of what has happened, is happening with the news of this most recent event, yet Loma's words are are a miraculous act of grace and solidarity that permit nearly everything that the media world would forget, ignore, repress. I think that's that's a really good way to sum it up sometimes you can't get a handle on these things through just reading more news you need somebody to come at it from a completely different standpoint and 
reading this poem, I was able to see this event in a completely new way, and it gave it this this shape. It's not that it necessarily made sense of it. I don't know that anyone could really make sense of something like that, but it did it did help a lot. It did help to read this poem. So I encourage you to read the rest. So the other poem I wanted to talk about today, um, much longer poem by a poet from much further back in history is called Crossing Brooklyn Ferry by Walt Whitman. So Walt Whitman I first discovered when I did a Coursera course called Modern and Contemporary American Poetry, also known as ModPo. And uh, this course I did back in 2012, um, back when Coursera was all new and amazing and everyone was very unsettled by it. And there were 30,000 students in this course. And uh, basically everyone was looking at it going, well, that's not going to work. You can't have a discussion about poetry with 30,000 people. But um, Al Phil Reese, the uh, professor from um, Pennsylvania University who runs the course, he just made it happen. It just, it just worked. And the course is starting again this September. So if you are somebody who wants to learn more about, you know, how to read poetry and modern poetry, experimental poetry, it's, you'll, you'll learn so much and you're never going to feel you know, like you're stupid or out of your depth or anything. Al doesn't let that happen. He's incredibly inclusive and just a wonderful teacher. So I can't recommend it highly enough. But the reason I wanted to talk about Whitman today um, is because of what Al describes as the Whitmanian mode, which, as I understand it, is kind of this this all-encompassing, permissive kind of poetry. Whitman is really democratic. He includes everybody. There's no divisions, there's no boundaries with Whitman. And um, I don't know, something in me thinks that at the moment, a lot of the a lot of the news events that I'm trying to avoid, it's a lot about boundaries between people, divisions, and yeah, Whitman is just kind of a, he's a bit of an antidote to all that. So yeah, he's a poet of permission. He he gives himself permission very much to be this huge um, kind of bombastic character. And when we first started reading him in the course, a lot of people were like, I don't like this. He's way too full of himself. He thinks he's just God's gift, you know. And as an Australian, I think I'm probably not meant to like him as much as I do. In, in Australia, we've got these kind of twin myths of the bachelor and the tall poppy you know, the battler, somebody who's who's down there in the weeds pushing through, that's kind of our heroic figure. And the tall poppy is the person we're meant to hate, the person who's sticking their head above above the crowd. But um, I definitely, I, I still just love Whitman um, because he draws no boundaries. He includes everybody. So I'll read a little bit. Of the, I'm not going to read the whole thing. You'll be happy to know because it's quite long. Um, but yeah, this is Crossing Brooklyn Ferry. And I'll just start with the first section here. Flood tide below me, I see you face to face. Clouds of the west, sun there half an hour high, I see you also face to face. Crowds of men and women attired in the usual costumes. How curious you are to me. 
On the ferry boats, the hundreds and hundreds that cross returning home are more curious to me than you suppose. And you that shall cross from shore to shore years hence are more to me and more in my meditations than you might suppose. So who's Whitman to be kind of talking to you like this through history? Where, what gives him the right to kind of place himself at the centre like that? Um, I'll leave you with that question and we'll keep going. So this is, this is Whitman going into his listing mode. He, he does this a lot. He just lists everything. So this is section two. The impalpable sustenance of me from all things at all hours of the day, the simple, compact, well-jointed schemes, myself disintegrated, everyone disintegrated yet part of the scheme, the similitudes of the past and those of the future, the glories strung like beads on my smallest sights and hearings, on the walk in the street and the passage over the river, the current rushing so swiftly and swimming with me far away, the others that are to follow me, the ties between me and them, the certainty of others, the life, love, sight, hearing of others. All right, so he's starting to get the picture. It's everything. He doesn't draw any boundary lines it's just everything is included and uh, he keeps going this is this is the second half of section two others will enter the gates of the ferry and cross from shore to shore others will watch the run of the flood tide others will see the shipping of manhattan north and west and the heights of brooklyn to the south and east others will see the islands large and small 50 years hence others will see them as they cross the sun half an hour high a hundred years hence, or ever so many hundred years hence, others will see them, will enjoy the sunset, the pouring in of the flood tide, the falling back to the sea of the ebb tide. So he's talking to us. He's talking to you and me. He's saying a hundred years hence. So he's writing in the 1800s, I should have mentioned. Um, but he's projecting himself forward and saying, I know that there's going to be people after me who are going to see Manhattan, they're going to see Brooklyn, they're going to be doing the same thing that I'm doing. He's just so confident. Um, and he's talking directly to us in this poem. So he continues in that vein. There's, there's a lot more listing that goes on. Um, but the part that I really wanted to, to share with you today is part six. I think this is, this is him at maybe his most inclusive it is not upon you alone that dark patches fall. The dark threw its patches down upon me also. The best I had done seemed to me blank and suspicious. My great thoughts, as I suppose them, were they not in reality meagre? Nor is it you alone who know what it is to be evil. I am he who knew what it was to be evil. I too knitted the old knot of contrariety, blabbed, blushed, resented, lied, stole, grudged, had guile, anger, lust, hot wishes I dared not speak, was wayward, vain, greedy, shallow, sly, cowardly, malignant, the wolf, the snake, the hog not wanting in me, the cheating look, the frivolous word, the adulterous wish, not wanting, refusals, hates, postponements, meanness, laziness, none of these wanting, was one with the rest, the days and haps of the rest, was called by my nice name, by clear, loud voices of young men, as they saw me approaching or passing, felt their arms on my neck as I stood, or the negligent leaning of their flesh against me as I sat, 
saw many I loved in the street or ferry boat or public assembly, yet never told them a word, lived the same life with the rest, the same old laughing, gnawing, sleeping. So, I mean, it's, it's difficult to sum it up, but basically Whitman is, he's drawing this circle around everybody, I suppose, and saying, you know, if you're reading this and you feel like you're the only one who's had um, guile, anger, lust, it's very biblical in this kind of, you know, listing that he does. Um, you're not the only one. I am he who knew what it was to be evil, he says. And he's just, yeah, including everybody. But this poem didn't win him any prizes or anything to start with. It actually lost him his job. Well, not this this poem in particular, but um, the volume that it's in, Leaves of Grass. He published that and was summarily fired from the Department of the Interior. Um, the Poetry Foundation says that that was because of the the fact that basically is way too open about sex in this book. Um, not to mention that, you know, he doesn't sound like a poet. He doesn't have any regular meter or rhyme patterns. And US critics apparently found the work very unnerving. But Whitman didn't care. He just wrote his own reviews of Leaves of Grass and uh, kept published, kept uh, revising the book throughout his life. Um, he revised it eight times um, up until when he died in 1892. So, yeah, there's nobody with there's there's no poet like Whitman for confidence. Um, but there's also no one like him for this democratic, all-encompassing approach. And I think he's just a wonderful antidote for any divisiveness, any kind of, any of the boundaries that we're seeing being drawn at the moment. Whitman's still there. At the end of Leaves of Grass, he says, um, he has this famous quote, um, it says, if you want me again, look for me under your boot soles. You will hardly know who I am or what I mean, but I shall be good help to you nevertheless, and filter and fibre your blood, failing to fetch me at first, keep encouraged, Missing me one place, search another, I stop somewhere, waiting for you. Thanks so much for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Poetry Says, and you can find show notes at poetrysays.com.